Hallelujah. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. I just feel like we should greet somebody. Greet your neighbor this morning so that uh, bless the person. You have at least 15 seconds to give the person the blessing. Say the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord fill you afresh with his anointing, with the Holy Spirit. Grace upon you. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Grace, grace in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. Alright, let's quickly take the declaration of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning again, we'll start from the book of um, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. That'll be from verse um, 13 to 20. Are you there? Yes, sir. If you are ready, say amen. Amen. Alright, I want to let's go. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the goodfulness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say, what are things on earth or things in heaven? Amen. Amen. This is the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Once again, we say he's the king of kings. Amen. Say amen like you believe that. Amen. Jesus is the king of kings. Amen. Jesus is the Lord of lords. Amen. Jesus is the one that died for our sins. Amen. He's the image of the invisible God. Amen. The firstborn of all creation. Amen. By him all things were made. All things were created through him and for him. Amen. We say he is the head of the body, the church. Amen. He is the beginning. Amen. He is the firstborn from the dead. Amen. And we also have been raised up from the dead. Amen. Because of him. Amen. In him we live. Amen. In him we move. Amen. And in him we have our being. Amen. Thus says the Lord, the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth, we perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Amen. Jesus made everything by his power. Amen. Therefore, he will reign forever and ever. Amen. He's alive forever and ever. Amen. He has sent us the Holy Spirit, who is with us always. We are never without power. Amen. We are never without help. Amen. We have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can we just put our two hands, everybody? Just thank the Father for the Holy Spirit and thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. 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 The Spirit of truth, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of knowledge, the Spirit of the fear of God. Because He abides with us. And the Spirit of the Godhead is inside us. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. 
I declare that by the presence of that spirit in you, every affliction is removed in Jesus' name. By the presence of that Holy Spirit in you, every trouble is banished in the name of Jesus. Victory is your portion. Glory is your portion. Success is your portion. Every addiction, everything that ties you to sin is broken in the name of Jesus. Grace, receive grace again this morning. In Jesus' name. Alright, before we sit down, let's quickly take our declaration of understanding. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 And that's your portion again today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. A number of things I just want to say briefly. You know, just gist. You know, I've said something again and again, that God leads different ways. Hmm? Does this hang, Pentecostals tend to be hung up on did the Lord speak to you? They speak, Lord, thy servant listeneth. Now, God speaks, but different ways. So what we often mean is that he spoke, you know, you heard a voice, and then, which I have found out that nine times out of ten, for most Christians, it means nothing. They hear what they wanted to hear. They hear what their spirit was saying. They call their spirit the Holy Spirit, and they are not the same things at all. The Holy Spirit is never confused. Your spirit can be confused. Yes, that's true. It's not as perfect as they try to preach it to you. It's not. The spirit is still your own. And the other things can hang inside there. Fear can hang inside there. A Christian can have the spirit of fear. That's true, as a matter of fact. And when the spirit of fear is there to speak to you, to be helping you make decisions, God will be telling you to travel to where God doesn't want anybody to go to. He said, the spirit, my spirit, the Holy Spirit said I should. I've seen people say that Holy Spirit said you should go and marry a non-believer. Their, yeah, it's their spirit. They did a survey once. They asked some people, will you sleep with your boss for promotion? One guy said, if God tells me to do it. She wasn't joking. She said, only if God tells me to do it. God tells you to do that. That's just by the way. So, where I'm going is that, why I'm just sharing this Small gist is that when we take declarations in the mornings, eh? I don't have to pinch anybody. Have you noticed? Once they declare it, the whole place just reverberating with voices. You know, when we used to meet in the evenings, you have to beg them. But in the morning, they are still awake and fresh. They've not used the voice to save the world at all. <laughs> They've not been busy here and there. Where I'm going is that, do you know, the only reason why we moved in the morning was not because God said anything. That's where I'm going. It was because the evening became, you no, know, on which was which was the use? Hmm? Noisy. noisy, unbearable. Yes, those are the two good words. Thank you. It became unbearable. We prayed. Then after much consideration, we just said, "Come, let's move to the morning." Then from the first morning, I realized that people's spirits were itching for morning for years. They never told me. Yes, 
So sometimes God leads different ways. And now if the evening goes quiet, I'm not going back there. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. Eh? Yeah, yeah. It's been toughest for me as a person because now I have to do my preparations, you know, either the day before or wake up extremely early in the morning. But the first two Saturdays, it wasn't, it didn't click. But that by the third, fourth one, everything became okay. So now if you tell me go back, I said, no, leave it. Let them be making their noise. It doesn't matter anymore. So just to let you know that there are different ways God leads, one thing about it anyway is always a door of righteousness. I hope you're getting my point. It won't tell you to go and sleep with your boss for promotion. It's not the one. Do you get my point? Yes, sir. If your boss is harassing you for that so you can be promoted, take permission from me. I hereby give it to you. To give the old man a knock on the head. The sin will not be on you. To be on the pigs in the neighborhood. Somebody says that, hey, come on. Talk to the man very, very rough. Don't be nice. Normally you should be nice. Normally. But on that one, I hereby instruct you not to be nice. I'll find you one scripture before we go. I can quote it for you now. I can't remember the exact verse. Tell the man, I will throw your matter into the bottom of the Euphrates. And I shall say, thus will Babylon go down and not rise again. Any man with insight will say, I was only playing. <laughs> the Lord is good. Uh, that's just by the way. Okay, let's continue our um, teaching of scripture this morning. Like I've been saying for a while, my interest personally now is to make sure Christians are spiritually intelligent. Do you get my point? That Christians are spiritually intelligent. That they know the way life is. When I say life, I mean spiritual life, which is the foundation of the physical life. You, I want us to understand who God is. In fact, when I wanted to start this series, I was, it took me a while to decide which one to pick on first because another I wanted to do was just to describe God, just to describe him, talk about different aspects of him. We'll do that again, God helping us. When we finish this, if the Holy Spirit allows, we'll go to that. But I want us to know who God is. I want us to know why we are here, that is, on this earth. I want us to understand the relationship between God, angels, human beings, Satan, demons. How do we relate? Who is Jesus in the midst of all of this? Again, small digression. Christianity is not about good behavior. Christianity is not about righteous living. Christianity is not about holiness. Christianity is not about going to heaven. Christianity is about Jesus Christ. I hope you're getting my point. Every other thing I've mentioned, even though they are good and they are righteous and they are the will of God, they come next in line. Once you have Jesus, you have all the other things. But Jesus is not the means to the other things. You don't look for Jesus because you want to go to heaven. You look for Jesus because that is God manifested in flesh. Go and listen to our series, um, The Worship of the True God. I emphasized that God created us. In fact, this would have been a very nice one to join. In fact, I may end up preaching a lot of the things I said there again. All right, about the worship of the true God. True God. I, I, I explained that God is love. Okay? Now, what do I mean by God is love? The Bible says love does not seek its own. Anything you read in the scriptures is never for God's benefit. He can't, he can't need it. It's not possible. Once he's in need, the concept of God is undermined. If you can help him for his own sake, he's not, he's not, that means he's not big enough. He can be improved upon. 
And once it can be improved upon, it's not the most high. Do you get my point? So that's why God is like that. There's really nothing you can add to him. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So he never asks for anything for himself. Never. He can't. I hope you're getting my point. Just think mentally of the richest man in the world. I don't mean just the ones that they list for you on Forbes. Just, just imagine somebody that has everything materially. Okay? And then he's doing a party and invites you. You know, if you bring him a gift, first, you understand that that party is not because he wants your gift. If you were to take a gift there, there will be, it's never because you think he's in need. You get my point? There will be something else that's propelling you. Maybe you just feel like, look, it's honorable. So let me be of good behavior. Because if you give him cash from our imagination now, he has billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars of cash. Do you get my point? He can buy anything he wants. So if he says, please, we are going to have a party every night for one week, you won't think that, hey, what will I ca-? Do you get my point? You're not under pressure, really. Have it, has this ever happened to you? I've experienced it. When a church organizes a program, members will dodge because they know they want to raise money. You've not experienced it. Your church said, next Sunday is Thanksgiving. Suddenly you have somewhere to go. You've not seen your grandfather in a long time and your head is not feeling well. Is that Sunday you want to go? Because you know you'll be called. Um, the family of Udechuku is coming forward right now to come. You know, for that reason you say, ah, pastor, you know, my, my great-grandmother has been calling the grandchildren together. Say, how is she? Is she not dead? Uh, yes, her spirit said we should come to the village. <laughs> Why? You know when they say Thanksgiving, <laughs> you're not coming to thank God. You're coming to donate money. So people start, um, I was somewhere one day, one pastor said, all of you that dodge Thanksgiving. I said, how can people dodge Thanksgiving? Once he said dodge, he too knew what he was doing. <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> so, <laughs> now, God is never like that. If God says, we're organizing a program every day for one week, you know it's for your good. You know it's for your own good. That's how God is. So anytime you see his commandments, his instructions, is never for his... And some of them appear so self-centered. Centered on him. And when you think he's a human being, like one man said, God is occupied with the preservation of his own prerogative. No, I missed one word. He said preoccupied because it's all peace. Preoccupied with the preservation of his own prerogative. He doesn't want anybody to share it with him. That's how, but when you think like a human being, you think like, um, you know, I, I want to be the one. So you not think that's how God reasons. That's not how he reasons. If I have a house and the oldest child is five years old, and maybe there are, there are even ten of them, but the oldest is five years, so let you know how small they are. And I'm giving instructions, and the five, the one, the, maybe the one that's four years old says, that is just preoccupied with the preservation of his own prerogative. Won't you wonder, is, are you Okay. Do you have any rogative to be able to pray? Do you get my point? <laughs> now, for those who that English is big for, that is just wants to be the only one making decisions, wants to be the only one who's in charge, the one whose ideas will stand. That's what it means by that. But if, you, if I stood there and you say, my oldest child is five years and there are ten of them, if any one of them will say that, you will tell the person you don't know what they are saying. Is it, what do you know? Is it not for your own good? Do you get my point? Instantly, you understand it. 
then why do we human beings think God is different? Like, uh, okay, maybe there's something he's standing to gain. No, in his presence where the gap between you and your five-year-old is narrower than the one between you and God in heaven. He's much wiser than you are. So he gives instructions for your benefits, never his own benefit. He's not a killjoy. You know what they call a killjoy? Doesn't want you to be happy. Like young people, when, you know, young people, they are very terrible when it comes to counseling themselves. If you're a young person, never take advice from your mate. <laughs> I'm telling you, never take advice from your mates. Please go and take advice from people older than you who love the Lord. How can an 18-year-old tell an 18-year-old about the future? <laughs> One day, a cousin of mine calls me, needed money. I didn't, I, don't, I didn't have a problem with her calling me, needing money. What's the money for? He's trying to gather money to buy a ticket. I said, to where? Money to get a visa is going to the UK. I didn't have a problem again with traveling to the UK. But this is a visiting visa. You now want to just disappear there. Okay, fine. What is the motivation? Now listen to this. Oh. A young woman, then she was in her maybe 20s or so, calling a man. At that time, I was in maybe I was close to 40. He said, bros, the way this country is going, I wanted to slap over the phone. <laughs> You're asking a man for money, my, my relative. You're asking me for money. At your young age, you are telling me at my age how the country is going. And you're asking me for money. Why didn't you ask the people I brought for money? Why is me you ask? Did you get my point? You, you, you are never coming to ask me for advice. You don't have a single certification. I was in my early 20s that time. School, you have not finished. Nothing. And then you're calling me to say uh, the way the country is going. Thank God that they've not, they have not invented digital slap. So please, young people, don't ask your mates for advice. All right? Ask people who are spiritually older, physically older, who have experience, who love God for advice. All right? Now, please, back to what I was saying. So you see, God never asks for anything for his own sake. And we explain it there. In the same manner, he did not create anything for his own sake. We're not created for his own sake. Bear that in mind. Why were we created? We talked about in in the worship of the true God. It's because God is so great, so infinite, that he decided to multiply himself. That's it. Taking out of himself to create somebody like him doesn't reduce him at all. No matter the amount of fires, a fire lights, doesn't stop being fire, <laughs> it doesn't stop, it doesn't reduce the fireness of the fire. Do you get my point? <laughs> That's how God is. So when he created us and he told us to worship, you know, I, I know where I began from. I was trying to explain something like, why do we worship Christ? It's not because we want to get something. Is because that's what we are. That's what we are created to do. That's the end of it. That's not the means to an end. Jesus is not the means to an end. Once you find Christ, you find everything. 
hope you're getting my point. So we talked about it. Why do we worship? Is because that is the only way to become what we're created to be. God didn't say worship so that I'll feel good. Do you get my point? If you see my children relate with me or with their mother in the morning, if you don't have understanding, they look and say, ah, how does this man behave like this? Yeah, I can explain it to you. you. If I'm sitting down, when they come to greet, they put a knee down and put their head down. Later, we will come to the foot of the bed, put a knee down about their head. Every morning. Every day. They find their mother the same thing. I taught it to them. I said, you are big enough now to look for the blessing. Why do I do that? Then I always place a hand on them and bless them. I don't mean God bless you. No. It's prophetic. There are days I go prophesy, I go tired. If they're all in the house, there are five of them, and each person comes to collect. <laughs> My wife did one the other day. I said, this girl, you're being smart. One of them was there. So I knew that. She said, I don't want to repeat it. So she just came and put her hand on the person as I was prophesying. <laughs> Because if that guy gets up and goes to her side, he, the whole thing starts again. <laughs> yeah, it's work, but it's labor of love. I mean, I have to do it. It's my assignment. Because I'm feeling very important with myself. If I didn't tell you, we wouldn't know about it. So it's not trying to show off anything. But listen, this is, how, this is what to increase in life. You'll soon read my little book titled um, something on Be Filled with the Spirit. I've forgotten the exact title I gave it to, I gave to it now. The feeling of the Spirit is a constant thing. You must collect it constantly. The blessing is like that also. That is why if, if any one of you have called me before, and I say, ah, God bless you, sir. I, I say amen. I always say amen. I don't forget. I say amen. If I tell you I'm traveling, I say, I have a safe journey. I say amen. I collect it. I waste it. Let no good thing pass me by. <laughs> Do you get my point? And we collect it. That's how it is. So I tell my children, you have to be blessed constantly. If they're not at home sometimes, they pass the phone around. I give it to you one by one. It's not about preserving my own prerogative. It's that the lesser is blessed by the greater. You have to be blessed. So I, I put that, I, I explained it to them. So they learned it. There are people going for exam that will call me. But I asked students that time that if I just if my phone rings, I just know it's exam time. Not uh, what do I write? No, it's pronounced a blessing. So it's not. You see, that's how God is also. For Him, we worship. Do you get my point? Because there, that is how His Spirit flows into us, and we become what we are supposed to be. We're created to be. He didn't create anything for his own good. There are things I'm understanding I can't even say now. They will sound so blasphemous. Just know one thing. He said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. God was replicating himself. I hope you're getting my point. 
If you go and even see, why did Jesus come? So that we can be, you see, the Bible says that he came to lead many sons to what? Glory. Bear that in mind. He came to lead many sons to glory. So bear it in mind. Follow Christ. Now tell you what Christianity is. Remember that. Christianity is not, because that's what a lot of people do. They think it's a means of blessing. There is no Christianity apart from Christ. Do you know there's no teaching in the Bible that's unique to Christianity apart from anything about Christ Jesus? Help your neighbor. He's, in fact, it's one of the tenets of Islam. Buddha taught it. Those who understand spiritual things, eh, they know it's a, it's a mechanism for blessing spiritually. If you go and meet some of these, if you meet some Islamic clerics, all right, and some traditional worshippers who understand things, and you have a problem, after they've done their divination, they've done a lot of things, one of the things they often prescribe is that you should go and give alms. You know, every profession has a, they serve people. Like doctors serve the sick, all right? Accountants serve people that need to put their business in order, okay? Bankers help you save your money, help you lend it out, you know? Do you know even beggars? They're a profession in that area. I'm not joking. Many beggars wait because people have to do zakat. I've said, there, are different, there are some beggars who are going from car to car. There are some they don't. They wait there. They know that you soon get, you get a prescription. Go and give arms. <laughs> there are the pharmacists that dispense... The arms, you know, they receive it. I'm not joking. So it's not unique to Christianity to help the poor, to help the needy. It's not unique to Christianity. It's everywhere. And even Daniel taught it to Nebuchadnezzar. There's one way of preserving your life. It's one way of preserving, of elongating your days in prosperity. He taught, go ahead, Daniel explained to Nebuchadnezzar. So these spiritual things, they're not unique to Christianity. There are many things. You think it's only Christians that pray? Christians are not the only ones that meditate. In fact, they are the ones that don't meditate enough. Other people meditate. In fact, I, I, you know, I saw a, a history, history issue of coffee. The origin of coffee. People think that it started somewhere in Northern Africa where mystics used to drink coffee to steer away from meditation purposes before it became a worldwide culture of coffee drinking. Only one thing is unique to Christianity, and that's Christ. Only Christianity will tell you that God came in human body and he was born normally and that he lived as a person on the earth and then that body was prepared as a sacrifice, a body he has prepared for me. Do you get my point? Only Christianity teaches you that. And that your sins are forgiven, they are forgiven by you believing only Christianity teaches you that. So if you teach any, if you don't, if this is not part of your teaching, it's not Christianity. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not at all. No matter how nice it sounds, no matter how good, and the world likes it, when you sound good like that, but you leave Christ out of it. Preserve the ozone layer. They will. <laughs> they like churches that preach things like that. And many churches at the point in time, that's what it became. There was one church like that. I, I've just felt that maybe that's why God closed them down after a while. Because this, listen to this. No matter how much you preach good works and do good works, if you don't emphasize Christ, that's not a church. 
It's a good center. Do you get my point? Center for doing good. No, we have many things like that. Center for democratic studies, centers for this, so there's a center for disease control. There's everything. There's center for everything. Where Christ is not magnified, and I don't mean just mentioned by the side, magnified, emphasized. It's not the church. It's a center for something. It can be a center for righteous living. It can be a center for holy living. It can be a center for heaven thinking. But it's not a church. A church must be centered on Christ. And the reason is because without Christ, God the Father is not accessible to you. The only God you will meet is God the judge. Without Christ, you will never know God as Father. You will know him as judge. What does it mean to be judge? He has to, each time you come to him, and many people, that's all the all pastors, can I just say this quickly? Pastors, God, Jesus has patience. But after a while, he gets, his patience will finish. They will shut you down. Lack of money is not why your ministry will close. I want to, I'm about to tell you why the ministry will close. It's not lack of money. It's not lack of good staff. It's important that Christian pastors understand, ministers understand this. The reason why Jesus will close the church is when Christ is not being magnified enough. Now, let me explain what I say. If you keep on preaching as an example, you need to give so you can receive. You are preaching God the judge. You are not preaching God the father. No father behaves like that. But that's how judges behave. There's a part of God that's a judge. There is. There is a part of God, you know, just by the way, briefly. The Greeks and Africans also, they believed in many gods. One God for different things. Do you follow? However, what they may forget is that, yes, they have some truth in, in the, there's a side of truth to some of those things. But what they don't know is that they're just looking at one God from different aspects. I hope I get my point. They, they discovered over time that if you did this, did that, the weather will be good. The climate will be good for your crops. So they worshipped in that particular way and built a false image and said this is the God of weather. The God of rain. Actually, it's the same God. What they just did was to make a false image of one aspect of the true God. They're trying to break God to pieces. But God actually... Is the same God as of weather? Is the same God as of fertility? That's bodily fertility for humans. The same God as of um, you know health, long life. But people who don't know, they break. They have different shrines for different gods, and they start making different things. Now, what, what am I saying? If you, there's a way we preach this, is I've seen it. We preach the God of justice, God the Judge. But the God that he wants us to know is the, of course, you know it's the same God. Are you getting my point? Just different aspects. The aspect of him that he wants us to know, which is the consummate aspect, that is the, that's where everything soaks in, is God as Father. Is God as Father. And the only way you will know God as Father is through Christ Jesus. There is no other way. Moses cannot introduce God the Father to you. That is, keep all the 613 laws codes and commandments which Moses gave to Israel by the commandment of God, you will never discover God the Father. It's not possible. Even the prophets, they couldn't scare you into it. 
Only Jesus has made him known. So when we as pastors start preaching things based on just, you know, the judgment of God all the time, walks, 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 the people don't know God the Father. They don't. The only way for people to know God the Father is for you as a preacher to preach Christ. No one can come to who? Did he say come to God? No one can come to the Father except through him. Nobody. So if you don't preach Christ, you are not introducing people to the Father. Now, the first, you know why a lot of people don't do it is that if you want to manipulate people, you can't preach Christ. I hope you're getting my point. The more you preach Christ, the more they become mature, the, more they are, the less they are subject to your manipulations. And that's why some people deliberately don't preach Christ. And I'm telling pastors, his patience is running out. The patience of Christ, Christ Jesus, our Lord, is running out. He's been misrepresented so much. With just stories that don't magnify him. Because if you don't because we want to talk about preaching Christ. You have to see, there are a number of things. You have to talk about his birth. You have to talk about his righteous life on the earth. As I'm going on, things that are most important are coming up. Or they, they, they are more important. They are getting more important. His birth, the life he lived, his death, his resurrection. The fact that he lives forever and that he's coming back again and there is a God-appointed judge on the, of the living and the, and the dead. You can't miss any of this out. You can't. So let's talk about his death and the resurrection as an example. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. When you start telling people that they need to give a special offering for the sins of their ancestors, you have, you have covered Christ. You have, covered, you have pushed Christ aside. Now, of course, that's what helps you get money. <laughs> One of the worst I ever heard. Again, please, uh, forget, please forgive all these small, small digressions. Don't, you know, I told you about the young man who was going around fasting for people. <laughs> what he did not know was that he was being the lamb. Yeah, yeah he was making himself a sacrificial lamb, and then he died. He didn't know that. Somebody is sick. He goes to a, a spiritual healer. They say, you will fast for five days. He said, but I have to go to work. There's one boy who will do it for you. He, was, he didn't know he was taking the person's sickness on himself. So he told me that the young man was dead. I said, he had to die. So this pastor, he, I, I couldn't believe that one. I said, why do you want to collect trouble? Collect trouble? You know what he did? He was preaching in church. In a faith church, if I tell you the name of the church, you will run out of here, run down the stairs, just, you run to the toilet. So I will not tell you. He was preaching on Sunday morning, and he said many people are having problems because before they were born, their parents, the father, the mother, promised the shrine, a sacrifice. And because they've not gone to church, the parents never paid that sacrifice. Some people are owing goats, cow. And all of that. So the church members were like, okay, so what do we do? And that this morning, he's going to receive those sacrifices. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. This really happened. So now, if you have been having problems in your life, it's possible. The, okay, what he said, that the, those spirits, those gods, are now demanding that they be paid the things that were vowed. And but because you can't go to the shrine anymore, 
You need to, anyway, you have to settle. So, Oga, how do we settle? You will come forward right now with that offering, with that sacrifice. Of course, there are many things that are stupid there because of my own. How do I know? Because you are not the one telling me. So, how am I supposed to know what my father promised? Exactly. So, now, I've now put value on gold. Of course, it's money. Now, what he doesn't know, if he collects that money, he has collected, listen to me, this is a matter of fact, and this is a thing that Jesus will not defend you from. He has collected the goods that belong to those gods, and they are coming to collect them. And when they come, just wait outside. He said, no, 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 say to them, say to them. Say, Lord, help, help you over what? No, I'm not helping anybody here. And if you con- now listen to this, this is not nice. If you continue like that, you won't pray that thing too many times before you die. Because God will leave you, and those evil spirits will kill you. They will. And they'll be very happy doing it. We've got a pastor. They want, you know, you know, you know, David will say, whoever will be the one to conquer this, I'll make you the head of the army. Those spirits will go back to Satan. I'm the one that killed that man of God. So, what do you make me? So, you're not an act demon. <laughs> People don't know. You see, you have to preach this Christ. That's the point I'm making. If you're a preacher, please preach Christ. And there's something there's about preaching Christ, it stimulates power. You see, grace is God's power to get things done. Grace is God's power to free us from our troubles. Grace is God's power to make us effective in life. And how is grace activated? Paul taught us like this. It has to be by faith that it might be in accordance with grace. So it's faith that activates it. And the highest grace, therefore, is activated by preaching that faith, which is the faith of Jesus. Just by describing Jesus properly, people will be getting healed. You're just, you're, you're not said to be healed. Though. You just described him properly. Like I said, that's what I'm trying to do. Get everything in perspective. Who is God the Father? What was creation for? Who are angels? Who is the devil? What are demons? Where, where do we fit in all of this? I want to mention Christ. Who is Christ? And what is Christ? I know what I'm saying. I didn't miss that. I said, who is Christ and what is Christ? Two things must be described. When you hear about uh, the dual nature of, uh, that part, you know, of substance, particulate nature and the wave nature, it's, it's a spiritual thing. Jesus is both a person and then there are some words about him. Christ is a realm of walking. Christ is the embodiment of God's promises. Christ is the will of God. But actually, there is a person. That's why he has a human name, Jesus. When we understand him, believe me, in fact, that's, my, that's just my desire. That's my, again, please, I keep on swinging to this issue of pastors. Sometimes I hear pastors talk on radio or on TV or I watch them. Like, excuse me, did you go to a spiritual school? I don't think you did. Maybe your spiritual school was on strike for a long time. And you just left the school without finishing. Because they say things, you know the truth, many of the doctrines that I disagree with, many of them, I don't even have a scripture to show you that it's wrong. Eventually I will show you. But initially, like, it doesn't fit. I hope you're getting my point. It, 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 I don't even need to have a scripture. I just know that it doesn't fit. It doesn't, it doesn't just fit. It doesn't just fit. It doesn't fit the whole structure. I have medical training. So when I hear things, I just laugh. For those early days, my wife used to wonder, what is up with this guy? There was a time she thought I was just arrogant and pompous. 
I told her, if you know what I know, you also be arrogant and poor, so leave that thing. Don't come and make me feel bad. I'm speaking out of understanding. You know, just, I'll just burst into laughter. They're advertising on TV. I said, switch our channel. They're lying. Like, how do you know they're lying? I said, the things they are saying, they don't make sense. Well, because, you know, this core science, it's medicine, and she's not trained in medicine. She'll be like, ah. but she's got, she has gotten used to, she's gotten used to it. She has gotten used to it now. But where I'm going is that she used to wonder, what is wrong with this guy? I said, look, you don't get it. It's because I understand how it works. The example I gave you once was, I was sleeping, my phone rang. It was early in the morning. So the brother said, please, I'm sorry to wake you up. I didn't know the whole of Nigeria was already bathing in salt water. So they told him, go and bathe, put water in salt and bathe so that you will not catch Ebola. So he said, okay, let me call pastor. So he apologized because, really, I was still sleeping. Because I slept very late. It, was early, it, was not, it wasn't so early in the morning. Maybe around past six. So, and I mean, normal working people are awake. But this guy was still sleeping. So, <laughs> so as soon as he heard my voice, he knew he woke me up. What is it? He said, sir, please. And they said that if you, if you, Ebola was raging that time. Of course, it, 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 I think it was just about to get, yeah, he had gotten to Nigeria. So the thing was everywhere. They said, okay, please, oh, that's the news, the fear. That please go and bathe with salted water. And that way you'll you be protected against Ebola. I said, ah. I said, that's nonsense. And I went back to sleep. That's what I said. I said, that's nonsense. I didn't say more than that. Now, I'm not, I, won't, I don't discuss that in details. What gave me the confidence to just dismiss with one word? That's nonsense. I just said, that's nonsense. And I just went back to sleep. When I woke up later, I found out that all the salt in the market finished. The ones in the house finished. Restaurants didn't even have salt to cook again because... Their workers are taking the salt and they are diving inside it. <laughs> of course, you remember what happened there? It was young, one young student in uh, Futa, the university in Akure, that decided to play a prank online and it went viral. And the girl was like, this is supposed to be a joke. But before she could say it's a joke, you know, even after she said it's a joke, let's, let's, you know, let's just, <laughs> like they always say, little to lose. Much to gain. Let me just go go basic. Even if it doesn't, it doesn't work. It won't hurt me. My own problem, I just hate feeling stupid. I just hate doing that. That's what, I, I hate the f- stupid feeling that somebody just, you know, they just use my brain like that. just use my head like they say. I just make a fool of me like that. Now, what am I going to say? So sometimes, it's not arrogant. It's just, just where you understand something. Like somebody come and tell me that somebody is sick, is witches. I say, person is a believer. Yes. I say, witches can't do that. People have said before, the problem is that pastor know they see. That is, they come. They expect when I finish praying, I will tell them something. Do you know people have come here thinking like that? Uh, Jonah, is that door open? Eh? Oh, but you can open it easily. Okay, so, so if you are like that, please. Jonah will open the door for you. So please go outside. I'm not saying vision for anybody. How many of you were here last year? Pastor Lujimi that came from... Um, uh, is it Kogi? Yes. Uh, that's Kogi, no? Uh-huh. The, the missionary. First time I met him was in Sokoto. <laughs> I laughed that day. He was describing, because he plants churches. He's describing the story of one of their, one, of, one man that he knows that went to plant a church. Then <laughs> he go and plant church in Yoruba land. Hey, God. Oh. <laughs> in that place, the, things are better now, I hope. <laughs> but traditionally, you have to come seeing visions. They come to you to pray to see. That is, he said the man will be in church. People will come, and 
I don't know about here, but there, they go to look for prayer. See, you don't need to do it. Just put sign there. That people will come. You know what they, they are coming? They need prayer. So maybe a boy wants to go to school in the morning. The mother looks like, yeah, come. There's a child down the road. They just, they, they're not members of. The woman will drag the son down. Ah, daddy, good morning. He's going to school. So you are supposed to pray. Protect him with that prayer. And then tell him what to avoid because you will see who doesn't want him to go. And how to conquer. So you go to that place, you want to start, you know they see anything. Like, so on your own. <laughs> so this man, <laughs> he was there, starting a new church. Faith church, you know, full gospel. Then he will sit down. So, oh, Pastor, somebody wants to see you. You are women. They will come in. They will tell all these issues. The man will counsel and then pray. All that counseling, you're talking to yourself. He's waiting for the prayer. So, so when they finish praying, in Jesus' name, amen. The woman will now say, please, let me say it in Yoruba first, and I'll give it in English, because that's where it drives. Baba, kill you. <laughs> it's like, sir, what did you see? The woman doesn't understand that you can pray, and you won't see something. So when the man first arrived, he was confused, like, Everybody comes and like, Baba, kill Then what did you see? So after a while, okay, he now got it. So he said, no, Allah, now, Koniman died. Koniman Miriam, what is what? <laughs> the man said, no, Allah. So they, he will pray every day, say, Baba, kill Okay, you want to see what I saw? No problem. You want to hear what I saw? He said, I see that you are still walking in sin. I see that your heart is not fully yielded to the Lord. I see that you are still double-minded. <laughs> the man would, he will preach the whole Bible to them with what he saw. <laughs> I see that you need to pray some more. I see that you need forgiveness. You have to forgive people. I see that bitterness is going to enjoy you. You know what they're expecting? Do you have a neighbor that's a little taller than you? <laughs> Say yes. That woman, she, she's not dark. Said, no, I told you she's not dark. She's fair. <laughs> it's a trick. Now they know what they are doing. You will keep your children away from her. You will. And then you will now put something down. Not for me, so that the men can continue to pray for you. You know, you know some pastors do some funny, some, some funny, not pastors, some so-called ministers. They do one funny thing. They will tell you that the prayer is free. But the prayer warriors have to fast. So just bring something for them to break the fast. Did you hear that? The prayer is what? Free. But prayer warriors must what? Fast. So to break the fast. That's what they ask you. There's nothing. Just something to break the fast. So they're going to pray for like five days. So fast breaking for five days. For five men. You say good. You talk, you know, you, you talk to yourself now. 2,000 per fast breaking per person per day. That's 50K. Free prayer. What makes me like? The people still go, please, don't come here. Look, I don't see anything. No. Even when I'm talking, I say you were talking about me. I didn't see it. I just said it. That's what it's called prophecy. It's prophetic teaching. I'll just describe things. And I'm, I'm just, I, I will probably think I'm using an illustration. And that illustration happens to be you. It's between you and the Holy Spirit. Don't go and call your friend. Say that man, they see. I don't see nothing. I hope I'm clear. Uh-huh. The Lord is good. So what am I trying to say? Sometimes I see pastors, I say, look, is it that you guys don't take heed to your ministry? 
I want people to understand. That's my own focus, my own aim. So that you won't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. The Lord is good. So last time we began to look at a new man and a new world, a new creation. And I've already reminded us that God didn't create anything for his own good. We are not worshipping him to make him feel good. Please, if you haven't listened to that series, and even if you were here, then please go and download the series titled um, The Worship of the True God, or you can order it here. You'll get it for you on the CD, but it's available on our website for free. You can download it. The Worship of the True God. The reason why we worship is that that is a way we become what we are created to be. Anyone you worship, you become like. That's what the Bible says. That's what God said himself. He said those who worship them will become like them. He was talking about those who worship false gods. But it's the same principle. You worship the true God, you become like him. You become like him. Just by worshiping him. And I said last time, let me just review a few things, then pick it up from there. All right? I explained that what is heaven? Just like a judge, a court is not a building. It's the presence of the judge. The presence of the judge is what makes a place a court. So the sitting of the court is the sitting of the judge. You are not in court until the judge shows up. When we were young, those who used to watch it on TV. Judge was here, court. That means court is in session now. What does that mean? The judge has arrived. Meanwhile, all the lawyers were there before. The accused was there. But there was no court. So the court can be anywhere. In the same manner, heaven is not a geographical location. Primarily, it's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. So anywhere God's presence tabernacles, that's heaven. So heaven can be your house. Do you get my point? Heaven can be your house. Heaven can be your business. Heaven can be your marriage. Heaven can be anything. What makes heaven heaven is not the structure there. It's not the buildings built. It's not the material it was, that was used to build the buildings. What makes heaven heaven is that it's the presence of God. It's where God is. It's where God is. And I said the last time, what makes hell hell is not fire. It's not. It's the absence of God. It's a place where God deliberately created and withdrew his presence from. And once you're inside there, life is hell. That's why many people are actually in hell right now. On the earth, yes. A home can be hell because there's no God there. Can I take a small digression? There will be manifestations of the presence of God or the absence of God. Now, human beings physically, we see those manifestations and think those things are the cause of the feeling, of the experience. Are you getting my point? Let me give an example now. You get a house, they are always quarreling. So the children are not happy. Father and mother are always quarreling, always fighting. Children are very, very unruly. So people will look at it and say, you've got to write a book, How to Have Peace in the Home. Do not quarrel. Rule number one, the first person to say something must be allowed to finish talking before the other person begins to respond. And when the response starts, the first person must see that you read a long book, story, teaching on how to have peace in the home. What you don't know is that, and that's what science is. Science is observation. And observation cannot tell you everything. Without faith, you have no understanding. So the Bible says, by faith, we understand. I hope you're getting my point. See, you know, you buy a phone, maybe you use a Samsung, an iPhone, you know, a Techno, whatever it is. You pick an Android phone. 
you know, through observation, you can detect many things that they can do. You know that? But you can use that phone for 10 years. Then one day somebody picks it, does something. Does that phone do that? You say, yes. You didn't know. I never knew. You never read the manual. You know, the first time I used an Android phone, you know, I was used to all the normal phones we use, the normal Nokias and all of that. So the first time I bought a smart Android phone, the normal human thing, did I look for the manual? No. I just took and started using it. I just put my SIM card and started browsing around. Then it rang. <laughs> Somebody called me, and I tried to answer. And I was answering. As I was tapping the answer button, I tapped and tapped and tapped. And very few people had Android phones those days. I had to go and get the manual and open. He said, you put your finger on the button and swipe. <laughs> that was when I found that the phone actually had an arrow for Moogles like me, telling me this direction. <laughs> I didn't say, no. Now, what about that? They say, if you want to use observation... It will take you a very long time to learn. 200 years after, and observing 10,000 marriages, the world will still be writing a book on how to have peace in the home. What they will not know is that that's real, the real cause of that thing. In fact, usually at the end of the day, I have a friend, you know him, he's a professor. Sometimes he and I are working on this. On a, we've done a few papers together. We were, we were working, and so he said, he said, he said look, Pastor, leave that in. That at the end, we always end it with, this will require more studies. <laughs> he said, that's the way we'll end every article. You know, they've done, you've gathered data, you've done every, done literature, so we've been there for weeks, writing, writing, writing. Conclusion now, say, let's end it the usual way. That the, what have we discovered now? We have discovered this likely happens to this, and this may happen to this, and this will require more studies. Say, so you can never finish writing an article without putting that. To the making of books, there is no end. That's what the Bible says. So research, you keep on trying to, the, humanly speaking, we'll never find it. In my little life, if I, the number of things that science has changed their mind concerning. Let me give you a small one. When I was very young, what causes ulcers? Stress. As I was growing older, they said, no, it's not stress, it's too much acid. By the time I was doing my residency, they had thrown away all of that. They said, the main problem is a bacterial infection. So ulcers now are treated with antibiotics. I saw this cycle. And then, and I laughed at myself. I said, this will not last more than 25 years. And that just by the way. I said, why? Somebody will still find out that those bacteria, they're everywhere. And why is it that it's infecting? So they'll they throw with the antibiotics and go back. If you want, you want doctors to solve your problems in life, you don't pray. You will die quicker. I'm telling you. I know what I'm telling you. You'll be part of the experiment. Like one man said, that's why it's called medical practice. You know, we keep on practicing these things until we get... <laughs> Until we get good at it, it's called medical practice. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Like I said, that's a digression. So, the presence of God actually, what it does, that's what I talked about. Um, was it last Saturday I talked about it? Caesar Milan? Or last Tuesday? Okay. That's why, you know, they wrote the book, uh, Malcolm Larry wrote What the Dog Saw. Meanwhile, Caesar Milan didn't know the dog was seeing something. He just knew he was in charge, and he knew he could control dogs. That's the presence of the Spirit. When the Spirit is there, when God is there, you understand, some things will come naturally. Patience will be natural to you. Misunderstanding will be less likely to happen. You know, in this life, I just made up my mind. Something happened to me the other day. I just decided that, look, 
This misunderstanding, only God can solve it. Look, husband and wife, let me just advise you people again. Don't go to any school on how to understand each other. It doesn't exist. Misunderstanding is part of life. Only the Holy Spirit can help you. The only way you can understand somebody properly is just become a total idiot. But that's just be looking like, mm. am I talking to you? Mm? Mm. <laughs> and there will be no fun there. Let me just tell you many stories. Something happened to me two, two days ago. I said, this is how people cause, that this family problems will have started. Husband and wife, you are looking for tricks. Better go and pray to God. But I know what I'm telling you. You know I've been married for almost a, dec- uh, almost a century now. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, just 75 years short of a century. Very soon I'll reach that. <laughs> so when the Spirit of God is present, heaven is created. That's what I'm making. Patience comes naturally. Long-suffering comes naturally. Are you getting my point? Joy comes naturally. Peace comes naturally. We can study many factors that lead to it, but the main thing is that the presence of God is there. And when the presence of God is not there, when it is absent, it is hell. Do all the counseling you want to do, it's hell. Those countries that say that, no, there's no God, it's just a matter of time. There are only two ways to sustain a marriage when you say there's no God. Only two ways. You beat the women under. Put them in compounds that are screened. Cover them. Nobody else can see them. They are not happy, but they stay. That's one way. The only other way you can have peace and have a stable marriage is the presence of God. Otherwise, what will happen is that you'll be having divorce every day, which is what people have. So when they don't have, when they say there's no God, and they don't do the Arab method, what happens? Homes break down regularly. Homes keep breaking down. Homes keep breaking down. They keep breaking down. Because either you use the Arab method, of which the marriage is essentially enforced, or you have breakdown. The only person that can maintain peace with freedom is Christ Jesus. Because you can't have two captains in one boat. So, the principles of God, they are not workable without Christ. Do you get what I'm saying? You preach, love your wife to somebody who doesn't believe, who doesn't follow God with his whole heart. Submit yourself to your own husband, and the man is mad, the woman is mad. They don't follow the Lord. How are you going to do that? Don't bother. See, if you hear me counsel people sometimes, you think that, if I do those early days, my wife should think that, how can you tell someone? Ah, no, I say, sweetheart, are we talking about believers here? No. I say, so why are we discussing this? You want to use principles of God for unbelievers? The woman says she's going, let her go. You want him to kill her? <laughs> I'll be like, pastor. I say, hey, they're not my church members. <laughs> why do you want me to give counsel? Of believers to people who don't believe. And that's why the word tells the hair. And it has crept into the church now. They're not telling you that, eh, you know, you have to know how to walk out of an abusive marriage. Okay. So they keep walking out. One day I saw a pastor on television, a church member, another, he said, So I received from your messages, I received the power to get out. Please, none of you should receive some things from my messages. These are believers. And your message gave her the boldness to, and the man was, you know, the man was on the porch. She drove her car, drove away, and never came back. And she stood on TV and was testifying. And the pastor was, hey, praise God. Praise God. You know, what am I going to like? You know, you see, as a spirit of, I said, eh? There are things that even if they happened, you say, see that you tell no man. My sister, just between you and me, this one, if you go outside, no. 
Because, I mean, you don't put, we're talking about Christ here. But in the world, when Christ is not there, of course, that's what you should do. I mean, I mean, I mean, if I, look, if I'm a counselor outside, I'm not a Christian counselor. What do you I slap him. Okay, if I slap him, he go kill me. No, hold knife first before you slap him. So you go shit. No, because look, this is WrestleMania. I have to know how to do my WrestleMania counseling now. I have to understand that, oh boy, this is what the UFC is fight. So you are my, you are my own, I'm your coach. You understand my point? So you are my, what do you call it? You are my fighter. So I'll tell you, look, when you come from this side, who cut last year? I will show you all the tricks, how to bring a man down and, and subdue him and make him beg for his life. You put a knee here and put an elbow here. Say, will you beat me again? You say, no, man. And then, that's not church. I hope I get my point. The rules that apply in church, they are different. But let's not sit on that now, please. I'm getting stuck there. The point I'm trying to make is that it's the presence of God that matters. So when the presence of God is there, some things start coming out. We will not try and copy those things without the spirit. Then they start having problems. And that's why the world has no, you know, the way the world has bastardized marriage. Please, don't be especially angry with them. It's not them. It's faith that's lacking. It's faith that is lacking. They keep on changing the laws until now in many countries in this world, a man can marry a man. It's not them. It's faith that is lacking. So essentially, they are beginning to live in hell. Now, you see those funny marriages? They are hell on earth. They lie about it. So all these things people try to do. Sex change, sex change. They always regret it. You know, they say if you don't let the boy change his sex, now he may commit suicide. You know, the fact is that more commit suicide after the change. But they don't talk about it. So a man started a website titled Sex Change Regret or Regrets. I'm not sure now. You tried it with S or without the S. Sexchangeregrets.com. Just to show people that this life is a lie. That we actually, and it's somebody that's gone through it, that we actually regret. So he tries to persuade people, please don't do things, don't do surgeries, because you can't reverse those ones. He tries to persuade them. Now, what am I going to say? Once, you see, people are not living in hell on the earth. But that helps me now to go to the main thing I wanted to teach us today. So we have seen what heaven is. We've seen what earth is. That is, earth is the one that he created for man. God created earth for man. But he also prepared hell for who? The devil and his angels. That's what Jesus said. He actually did that. So those three places he created. Heaven is his throne. Then he created earth and he put man there. And every, the lower heavens around it. And then there is hell that he prepared. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. That's what Jesus said. We already know what hell is now. We draw the spirit. That is why it's perpetual torment. It's perpetual torment. Forget the fire. What makes hell hell is not fire. It's the absence of God. Are we getting my point? Now let's, I want to talk briefly about Satan today. Okay? Or let me put the aim of the devil. You know, I thought about it. And I realized that you know what Satan is trying to do? It's simple. First, let me say this. Satan's place, the devil's place, when the time comes, is a place that has been prepared for him, which Jesus said was prepared for the devil and what? His angels. We know that. That is Satan's place. 
Let me just read it briefly. Matthew chapter 25. Now, because of time, I won't read everything he said. He was talking about verse 31. The Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him. Then he shall sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Verse 34 says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was, a, I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. Now these are works of faith. Faith has works. Do you get my point? These are all works of faith. Jesus was showing what the works of faith would be. Then, I'm jumping now for to say time. He said, then let's now go down to verse 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them, no, no, sorry. Verse 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. That is where I wanted us to read. They said this was prepared for the devil and his angels. They now went ahead to say, for I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. Again, these were the people that were not, the Bible said, kiss the son, lest he be angry. They did not kiss the son. These are works of unbelief. It was using these works to describe the fact that they did not believe in the son. Now, what I want to emphasize, he said, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Now, notice this. This was prepared for the devil and his angels. But when are they going to go in there? You see, when Jesus will encounter those demons, he said, have you come to torment us before the time? So there is a time that's coming. A time is coming when God will now banish them into that place permanently. Now, this is what the devil has as an aim. Because you will see that God allows the devil, I need to explain that, to roam on the earth until that time. That's what I'm going to explain. God allows the devil to roam on the earth until the time that he will banish him and his angels into that eternal damnation place. So what the devil does right now is roam around on the earth, doing what he can. Now please follow this. The devil cannot go into the heaven of God. Now please please see that, but in Job, Job, the Bible says that he, no, that's different. Now when God sits on the throne as judge, anybody can approach I hope you're getting my point. And it doesn't mean you have gone into the third heavens. Because physically on this earth, you can approach the throne of God. Do you get my point? So that story does not disprove what I'm saying. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. Before the throne of God, that's, before the heaven of God, Satan doesn't come to that particular place. He can't. Now this is where I'm going. There was a kind... Now please notice what I'm about to say now, as a type. There was a kind of heaven... That was created around Job. Are you getting me? And Satan could not go there. Now you know what I'm talking about. Until God withdrew the boundaries. He couldn't approach. Now this is where I'm going. And he understands this. Everywhere heaven is created, he stays out. Everywhere. So let us assume those of us on this earth, all of us, were able to come together and create heaven around each one of us. Now, how do we create heaven around us? We talked about it last time. How do we do it? It's not hard. We talked about how do we do that? 
is by bringing in the spirit of God. It's by imbibing the spirit of God. We have said heaven is wherever God is. So Jesus said, if a man loves me, he will keep my word. Then what will happen? The father will love him. Then I and my father will come and make our heaven in his house. Are you getting my point? We make our abode. So once they are there, what happens? That's heaven. We have established that. Heaven is, God is there. Jesus is there. That's what heaven is. So if all of us deliberately say, we are going to do something, we are going to pray, we are going to meditate so that we can obey, which is what prayer and meditation are for. We are going to pray and meditate until we walk in obedience so that around each one of us, heaven is created on this earth. Can you, see, are you get my point? Heaven is created on this earth. What happens to the devil? There will be no place for him. I don't know whether you're getting my point. The, look, the most comfortable place he has right now is on this earth. Read, look, you know the story of the demons. They hate the idea of that hell, that eternal fire that God prepared for them. They, in fact, like some ministers will say that if you want to, if the devil is harassing you about your past, harass him with his future. If he wants you to think that God didn't forgive you, say, God didn't forgive me. If you want to tell me about my past, let me tell you about your future. They bring out scripture and read about <laughs> like this one. They are going to eternal damnation that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. See you. See you now. <laughs> they say, it's after that he will leave you alone. So but there's no problem. You want to play contest, you were a sinner. Uh, look at what you did. Me. That's what I did there. Eh? But Jesus has watched it. Listen, I'm now going to heaven. Heaven is my destination. Oh boy, where's your own destination? <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, let me read it for you. <laughs> then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, I cause unto the eternal fire which has been prepared for you and your angels. So if you come near here again, I will play the video of your future for you. <laughs> the Lord is good. He hates it, you saw it. I mean, you read about it again and again. Anytime Jesus will come, the, now, hey, this is interesting. The presence of Jesus was tormentous. Is that my English good? You know, I keep on asking. Please help me check after all. His presence alone used to torment the demons. He didn't used to tell demons the way some of us do. Yeah, begin to manifest. Begin to manifest. He never did that. He would just be there preaching his word. And those ones that didn't have enough sense, these days a lot of them have sense. Once they are approaching... They stay out. What I'm going to say, the presence of God torments demons. We saw it. Jesus Christ, any time he will come say, have you come to torment us before the time? They know the time is coming. They know. There is a time coming. They are aware of it. And they, they dread that moment. They enjoy the little time they have here on the earth. And God has given that one to them. You'll be amazed. God gives them a lot of, some of, you know, a lot of room. For example, they came to Jesus Christ. When Jesus said, come out of that man, they had to beg. Can we go into the pigs? Can we go into the pigs? So sometimes God allowed, Jesus said, you can go. So God has spoken to them. You can stay on the earth. In fact, it's in the Bible like that. If you go and read it, in Revelation chapter 21, he made it clear to us, in chapter 12, that woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Because you see what happened? Let's just read that quickly. you see where I'm going. From verse 12. He said, for this, let me just read from 11. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb, and because of the word of their testimony, 
and they did not love their life even when faced with death. Look at what he now said next. He said, for this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. Can you see that? The earth, the devil can come down to it. He's been cast down to this earth. He's allowed to roam on this earth. Now, what I was saying earlier is that any time we create heaven around us, what happens? He has no space. You see, every Jesus, everywhere Jesus sat, they ran away from there. Jesus would just be sitting down teaching the word. You know, I said something last time. Please, make sure you go to church. No one, you know, I said it last time. Any family, I'm saying it again, that they go to church with their whole heart, even if the doctrines of the church, they are not 200% correct. I mean, once they go, it's a matter of a few generations. All the demons in that family will go away. They will find it hard to pass demons from one generation to another. You can't just cast out the demons. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And they're not going to church. Whether you cast out the demons or not, once as a family, people are going to church. See, oh, this is hurting my body. You don't have to, pastor, sorry, uh, father in the house, you don't have to be hot on the word. Able to teach. Ah, you see, I like the way Pastor came to teach. It's not the way he, you know, talk. No, they don't need it. You know what you just need? A Bible. Gather everybody. Let us read Psalm 1. Let us the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or sit in the seat of his scornful. Just read it. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, in the Lord of the at night. Today, our delight is in the Lord. Amen. Amen. We will meditate. We will meditate. Bros. I don't care whether you're boring or you're exciting. Let your wife like the other preacher more than you. You are not a preacher, so what's the big deal? But read it. Please, read that Bible. Read that word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Read it. Say, children... In the beginning was the word. Who is the word? Jesus Christ. Amen. He came down to the earth. He did not. He came. Let us pray. <laughs> I like the way Reverend Fathers pray. You know, <laughs> the other day, my wife saw one video. She was asking that. Is this necessary? <laughs> one, one woman was leading prayer. Not sorry. I hope what I'm saying is not bad, though. And she was sweating up and down. So I was looking like, what is she doing? She's growing in the spirit. Leave her now. You know Pentecostals, eh? Honestly. If you tell Muslims to come to church, they won't go to Pentecostal church. I remember Father's pray. Remember Father saying, the book is here. The hands are like this. Right, Lord send you. All this is Pentecostal madness. It's your problem. Oh. Look. <laughs> Sometimes when you, you know, I, oh, of course, you go around, you have family, you have functions. I enter out of those churches, and I'll be looking at them and say, why are Pentecostals the way they are? I don't know. And you know what funny thing about Pentecostals? We feel like we are the ones that know. We pray like crazy people, and we think we are the ones that know. Let's begin to pray for Nigeria. 
If you tell an Anglican to pray for Nigeria, he will stand. Oh Lord, we bring our country before you. Have mercy upon us. And the whole congregation will say, Amen. The Pentecost are lie We bind that we can't stop. My problem. Eh? My problem. Now, you can pray the way you like. My problem is this sense of we know it. That's what I don't get. Just by the way, for those who wonder what's wrong with me, let me just tell you. Is is the Bible? The Bible says they lifted up their voice in one accord. They did not pray the way we pray. If you ask me, how did the apostles pray? I said, go to an Anglican church. That's how they prayed. Somebody stood up and said the prayer. It's recorded for us. Don't we read it? We just assumed they were like us. That when Peter came, Peter said, look at my back. John, where is your own? James, where is yours? We will not agree. We are going to begin to pray right now. And we are going to say, God! <laughs> Trust me, Peter did nothing like that. You see what they wrote in your Bible? It's exactly what they did. They told the people, see what happened though. They threatened us. So what are we going to do? We are going to pray. And Peter, and I want to assume, everybody stood up. And Peter opened the scroll, either physically or in his mind. And said, Lord, you said, by the mouth of your servant David, why do the hidden rage? The one we quote it all the time. And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth have gathered together against the Lord, against anointed saying. He said, in the same, he said, Lord, just like you said, look at what they have gathered to say. Now we are asking you. You will give us peace with them. Is that what they said? No. no. They said, you will give us boldness. So that we can speak your word with boldness while you extend your hand to do signs and wonders at the mention of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. I mind the congregation said, Amen. And as soon as they said, Amen, this place where they were gathered began to shake. Now, we shake the place ourselves. <laughs> we are the ones that shake it now. Those who didn't shake it, they stood. Peter prayed. I imagine everybody may have closed their eyes. And there are examples all over scripture like that. Then the Holy Spirit came and shook the place and filled them with the Spirit. And they went and preached the word of God with what? Boldness. Many of us, when they are filled with the Spirit, the only thing we can do is speak in tongues. Once we come up for here, we can't talk again. No boldness. We don't have, listen, I pray for you that you'll be filled with the true spirit. Amen. And it will be marked by preaching the word with boldness. It will be marked by speaking about Christ with boldness. Amen. In your office, Amen. in your home, Amen. in your businesses, Amen. on the road, Amen. to strangers. Amen. Everywhere God will give you the opportunity, you will speak that word with boldness. Amen. I can assure you when it comes to outside there, the most important thing is that you're able to speak the word with boldness. That's the most important thing. Back to what I was saying. So people, father in the house, just lift your hands. Read the scriptures. Say the way it is. Don't be impressed 
the way Pastor Okemute prays. Don't be impressed. Pastor Reverend, that man came from the name of the church is Stone Church. Stone. Okuta. Don't even be impressed with the way Pastor Banky prays. Just say the way it is in your mouth. When you want to pray, there are a few things. Number one, magnify the Lord. Talk about his promises. Talk about the reason, the thing you want him to do for you, and give him thanks. Four things, you're finished praying. Lord, we have come to you because you are our help. That's what I mean by magnify the Lord. See, all this big English is good for those who can speak it. Oh, Father, as we began to approach your presence, we realize that you are the God that dress in light and approachable. You have been the effulgence of the everlasting debate. I'm not saying it is bad. I'm just saying it's not necessary. Simple was that, Lord, you are our help. We have no help but you. You have been the help of those who have faith in you. From everlasting, you have always been there, helping your children. That's why we have come to you again today. To whom else shall we go? That's what they call praise. You helped in ancient in, in, in times past. You helped your children cross the Red Sea. You healed all that Jesus came in contact with. Our neighbor, Mr. Andrew, the other day, he testified that you delivered him from kidnappers. You are still doing it till today. Oh, I have my own personal testimony, Lord. Remember five years ago when I was sick and everybody thought I was going to die? Then I woke up one morning and I was well. And my children rejoiced that they went to church. And the children's pastor said, does anybody have a need? And we told them that is in hospital, he's sick. And I woke up next day. I was well. Thank you, Lord, the healer. Say it like that. Gyration is not necessary. When it's time to shake, the Holy Spirit will shake you. Just say it the way it is. Then tell him the promises that you are hanging on. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. Lord, laugh at all the troubles I have. Simple. For these needs have come upon this family. Great provider, provide for us in Jesus' name. And then you say, thank you, because you have answered our prayers. That is prayer. Sometimes we just think that when we finish praying, we should be sweating. That is when you are going to the cross. What am I saying? Fathers, heads of homes, make sure there's church in that house. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't have to go to Bible school. I've just finished telling you how to be a priest in your house. That's what I said. Be an Anglican priest. Be a Catholic priest. Do you get my point? The serenity. Leave this Pentecostal preaching for people like uh, Thor Reverend that are going to stone church. Some people came out of MFM. All they are doing is killing enemies all the time. Your head is not correct. I want to kill the witches in the neighborhood. Are they disturbing you? If my neighbor has a mad dog, has it my problem? But let that dog enter my compound, my angel will kill it. As long as your madness is inside your, your owner's compound, it doesn't concern me. I hope you're getting my point. This pursuing demons morning, afternoon, and night. All the demons that follow us from the village. Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. 
The Lord is good. But let me see what I'm trying to explain. Create heaven there. Why? Satan then cannot stay. That's what I'm going to emphasize. Create heaven. Satan will not be able to stay. Create heaven. Satan will not be able to stay. The demons will go out. How do you create heaven? That's what I'm trying to emphasize. Just by reading scripture. Just by showing everybody that you respect the presence of God. There are different ways. There's one small one we use in my house. This declaration we do here, we do it at home also. As a rule, you must be standing. There are times that, I mean, now the house is a bit scattered because of um, holidays. You go here, go there. But when the house is in order, everybody's at home. They have to go to school in the morning. My own life is, is different. Sometimes I sleep early, sometimes I sleep very late. There are times I'm, I'm still awake till 2 a.m. There have been times that I slept at 4, and prayer is by 6. I'm busy, so anyway, early in the morning. So many times they will now come and knock. That is prayer time. Hi. You know, at that time, such times, the greatest thing you want is to continue sleeping. But once in a while I fail, but most times I drag myself by force. I go there. So I want to, so first thing, let's declare the glory of the Lord. You know what I want to do? I want to declare sitting down. Then I would drag myself. No one is like you, Lord. You are great, and great is your name in mind. We shall not fear you, you know. We shall not fear you, King of the Nations. Indeed, it's your due. Amongst all the wise leaders of the, of the, of the nations and all their kingdoms, there is none like you. As I'm staggering, I'm trying not to fall asleep. But I've told everybody, you must stand. You must stand. You must stand. Sometimes somebody is not feeling well. Please try and stand. After that, you can go back and lie down. So let us honor the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just a habit. I'm not saying you must do it like that. But just show that you respect God. Just show that you respect his word. Just show that you honor the presence of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be a pastor, pastor in a church to lead prayer in your house. I'm giving you the tips now. Pastor, can I use daily devotional? Why not? Just get a good one. There are so many of them. But make sure you have that thing regularly in the house. What am I trying to say? You want to create what? Heaven. Now, if we all create heavens on this earth, Satan will have nowhere to stay. That's where I'm going. And he knows. He knows. So what he tries to do, now that's why I'm talking about it, is to push back the presence of God so he can be comfortable. That's what he's trying to do. And how does he do it? He goes around his temptation. As God really said. Has God really said, because if a man loves me, he will keep my word. The father will love him, will come and create heaven there. Do you get my point? So the only way Satan can push that heaven back is to make sure you don't obey. So what he goes around doing all the time, that's why it's called the adversary. That's the meaning of the word devil, Satan. It means opposer, adversary, saboteur. 
just wants to make sure everything is bad. And the only way he can do it, listen to this, is to instigate disobedience. He does not have power in himself. Let me talk about sin again. What is sin? Sin is not that which is morally wrong. No, that's not what sin is. Sin is anything that goes against the order or the instruction of God. Why did I say morally wrong? It's not the issue. Because society creates moral values. Sometimes what the society says is morally okay is not okay as far as God is concerned. That's why I needed to separate it. So there are things that are morally sound amongst mankind. Yet to have to study scriptures and say, God doesn't like this. Then we end it. Now, this is what I'm trying to say. Sin is that which we're engaging that makes the presence of God move back. That's what sin is. So anytime you want, so sin is not about, did they catch you and put you on social media? No, 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 no. That's not what sin is. Whether they catch you or not, whether they find out or not, there is an ambience of God that you will not have. And once God is not present, the devil is happy. I hope you are getting my point. That's where he can thrive. That's where he can thrive. That is, once heaven has not been created. Now, please, Satan's, I think Satan's agenda, people have looked at it now. Please, try and follow me now. I'm not going to be fully dogmatic about this, but trans, you will get my point when I explain it. I don't even think Satan is as much, he's not trying to pinch God. Like, I will do you. You will feel bad. I don't think so. I think he's trying to preserve his life. He's trying not to go to hell yet. That's what I think. That's what I think. He's trying to remain, you know, can I use the word relevant? He's trying to have a comfortable place. We have already seen that when the time comes, and you must understand, time, time, time in spiritual things, is not days and years and all of that. It's a fulfillment of certain conditions. Now, it takes chronological time to fulfill many of those conditions, quite all right. But actually, it is not the years, millennial that we are counting. It's the conditions. Have they been fulfilled? So Satan can push back the time for as long as the conditions are not fulfilled. So he tries to ensure the conditions are not fulfilled. I can't roam on this earth. Ah, No. This is how they will drive me out of this earth. They will fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God as the water covers the sea. So, when that happens, where do I go? I'm now forced to go to the play, very place I don't want to go to because the time will have come at that time. When the earth is filled with this knowledge, with the glory, when every of God's children will have created heaven in their homes, You'll understand something. Satan and his angels, they don't hang around free. They, they are like viruses. They need people. They need living. Look, when they cast those ones out of demons, out, out of a, a human being, they say, let's manage pigs for a while. But the pigs could not stand the presence of demons. They don't have the capacity. Only humans can. If a demon possesses a lion, the lion won't live long. Humans will carry a demonic spirit for 20 years. They have the ability. Demon gets into pigs. They are drowning in the next few minutes. 
That's what happens. So Satan is desperate. The demons are desperate to keep us on this earth, but not have the presence of God there. So everywhere, every time, that's what they're trying to do. I don't think it's about, let's fight God. You know, we've heard this before, that um, I will ascend, I will, I ascend the mountain of God, I will be like the Most High, you know? Lucifer, son of the morning. Isaiah chapter 14, Abby? No, 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 not Ezekiel. This is Isaiah. Ezekiel is king of Tyre and all of that. Uh, it's Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah chapter 14. Have you heard that thing before? That Satan wanted to dethrone God. There are ideas that can't enter even the, the devil's mind. Just by the way. It's Isaiah 14, right? Okay, thank you. I'm going to say this to amaze some people. <laughs> you, you know, another name for Satan we use is what? Lucifer. People have dropped the name Lucy. They say it sounds like Lucifer. <laughs> now, some people will be surprised when I say this. Since I was a student in university more than 30 years ago, I used to read the scripture. I said, why did we say this is Satan or the devil? I asked that question. Then recently I put it on my brethren. After we talked up and down, I came to the conclusion. I said, this is not the devil. Leave that in. That was when I now found out there were some great people of old, some great saints of old, have said, in fact, I can't remember that one of them said this, a very, he gave one funny name for it, he said this is twisting of scripture. So we call Satan Lucifer, you never hear that word from my mouth. The Bible never called him Lucifer at any point in time. Lucifer, I think, is a Latin word or something, which just means a shining star. Why am I saying this? If you read Isaiah chapter 14, he was not talking about Satan saying he wants to dethrone God. There are thoughts that can't cross your mind. How can you dethrone the person who's dethroned? I don't know whether I get my point. He's dethroned. You can't dethrone him. No, you didn't catch me. You cannot remove God from the throne. Wherever he sits is dethroned. You don't dethrone somebody by removing him from a chair. It's the king that makes the chair a throne. The throne did not make the king. I don't know whether you caught that. Just like the presence of the judge is a court. You can't say, I'm going to, remove, I'm going to end this court. You now cover the building. The judge, the judge will sit under a tree. Just give me my records. Give me my recorder. Where is the accused? Case goes on. Dethroning God is not possible. The concept of God is the throne. He is the throne. I, do, I hope you're getting my point. Satan cannot. That concept could not have entered his mind. When he was talking about in fact, that's why you find the word Lucifer. Other versions don't use it. He was talking about an ethnic king here. He said, but you are but a man. He said, you are just a man. Now, I'm going to emphasize something to us here. Satan cannot think about dethroning God. It's not possible. He cannot. There are concepts that cannot even enter his mind. We just took that scripture. Now, please, let me say this. We can use it as what? A type. Anything can be used as a type. I hope I get my point. Like David. Is David Jesus Christ? Was he not a human being? But is he a type of Christ? A type. So we can use types. We can use types. So I believe you can use Isaiah chapter 14 as a type to describe activities of those who hate God. But I'm going to emphasize something here. Nobody can think about dethroning the most high. It is absolutely not possible. So, Satan, I'm going to say something here. Please get this point. He can't fight God directly. He can't even. He is trying to preserve his life. 
He is the one that's literally preoccupied with the preservation of his prerogative. <laughs> yeah, he's the one. He's the one. He wants to survive. That's it. So the only way he can survive is what I'm trying to teach. He says, how do I survive? If the heaven of God is created in this life, in this family, in this business, I'm out. So basically, he goes around buying houses. How does he buy houses? Has God really said, you shall not eat from that tree? God said, we can't even touch it. Why not? The day we touch it, the day we eat it, we shall surely die. Ah, you will not surely die. When you eat it, you become like God. You become wise. Able to discern between good and evil. Or decide, actually, what is good and evil. You become the person who calls the shots. What are you talking about here? Now, again, listen to this. God never asks for anything for his own good. Anything he tells you is for your good. Let's turn it around. Satan never offers you anything for your good. Never. Anything he tells you is for his good. He will never. Anytime he tells you to disobey God, it's not for your good. When he told Eve, you will be like God. It was not for Eve's good. Is that now that you have disobeyed, I have another few thousand chronological years on this earth. And you must understand something. He's skimming his walking, hoping that, because you must understand in the realm of heaven, in spiritual realm, time does not exist the way you and I see it. What am I trying to say? If Satan succeeds forever, he will remain on the earth forever. I don't know whether you got that. So that means the plan of God will not happen. No, the plan of God is still there. But we just keep working on it. As long as it has people to keep disobeying God and to stay on this earth, the time for his banishing, the banishment, committing him to eternal, the eternal fire will not come. So that's why every day is working actively. He's working actively. He's working actively. Anytime you disobey God, you are cooperating with him. He will say, don't worry, nobody will know. That is the very time that he's winning. Many of us think that temptation and sin is about publicity. It is not. Satan does not care whether it's publicized or not. He's working on the preservation of his existence. He never offers anybody anything for their good. Never. 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 You say, you may ask me, so what if we all disobeyed God? You know what will happen? God will destroy the whole earth, but Satan will not go anywhere. Then we will start again. In case you do not know it. I think I, well, I'm going to see whether we should create, okay, we have to learn scripture. To learn scripture. Between Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, we don't know how long the years. Did I say chapter 1 and chapter 2? Okay. But, eh? Yeah. Genesis chapter 1, between verse 1 and verse 2, we don't know how long the period was. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Next line. The earth was, the word was there, Hebrew, is hardly ever translated as was. It always became. But translators couldn't understand why should it be became. So they say was. No. What the Hebrew man wrote, what Moses dictated, was the earth became formless and void. Isaiah said God did not create it to be uninhabited. It was, it became formless and void. 
And darkness was upon the surface of the deep. You know the reason? Because God put judgment upon the earth for a reason. What happened between verse 1 and verse 2? We can only guess. What am I going to emphasize? According to Peter, the world that then was. Oh, wiped everybody out. The Red Prince believes that's where demons came from. That demons are not angels. That angels have their own complete structure and body. And demons don't have. That's why they, are, they keep on seeking bodies to inhabit. Where did they come from? Many, many, many scholars, including the man they represent, I just quoted, believe they came from somewhere between verse 1 and verse 2. What I'm going to emphasize is this. Satan keeps working hard for his personal preservation purposes. Because if he causes us to disobey God enough, and we provoke God to anger enough, he will do the earth like he has done before. And the Satan has some more time. So, Satan, just let me, let's continue to Let's not go into this eternal fire. Let's not. The only way we can do it so that we will not is to make sure these people keep on disobeying the Father. So, he works hard on them. He will, see, he will give you anything to disobey. He came to Jesus and said, hey, this is the one that has come to lead many sons to glory. So, what do we do? Offer him the whole world. Let me say it to you again. Satan doesn't have power the way you think he has power. He doesn't. He has to keep persuading you, persuading me, talking to us. Has God really said? Has God really said? You will not surely die. No, now. Don't. He is not thinking about your good. He's thinking about his own existence. I don't want to go into that place. And the only people that can keep him out is human beings. And the ones that will push him in is the same people. How do we keep him out of that eternal fire? Keep disobeying. disobeying. When you disobey, the presence of God moves back. This earth is conducive. Listen, in your homes, please, husband and wife, obey God for the sake of your children. Did you hear what I said? You have to drive demons out of the house. You have to drive demons out of the house. This is one preacher once said one boy in America, of course, people don't do that much in Nigeria. Not because we are more righteous, but because we don't have the guns. <laughs> America has more guns than human beings. Yes, they have more guns than human beings. He's looking shocked. Now, that is counting guns that are not in the hand of police and not in the hands of the military. The ones in the hands of civilians, they are more than human beings. Oh, if we count the one that is in the hand of military, yeah? <laughs> that one can't even count that one. I'm talking about the handguns, guns that people just buy, put under their shed, just to go out. Very crazy set of um, arrangements they have over there. This man said they called him to come and see a boy who had shot himself accidentally in the head. And he was in coma and he was in hospital. They said, okay, come and raise the dead. So he, he took a man of God, faith man, he went there. He prayed all kinds of prayers and the boy died. So, he went back home. I was wondering, like, God, why didn't you answer me? Then he found out that the girl's father is not talking to the girl's mother. He said, that's why he shot himself. That's what I'm going. He said, why did they call me to come and raise the dead when the couple are not even in agreement? The point I'm making is that that boy killed himself because of strife. It was an accident. But the strife in the home was where that spirit came in through. 
Read the story now. Police somewhere in Anambra. They're looking for one boy that hacked his father and mother to death, locked the door and walked away. Yeah, read the news yesterday. They're looking for him. One young guy, that one somewhere in Delta, drove home, asked the mother for money. The mother refused, beat her to death. Put the boot in the car, in the, the body in the boot of her car, and drove back to campus to go and party. No, stopped on the road, buried her in the bush somewhere, and drove back to campus to go and party. Yes. No remorse. I know somebody who was in the meeting the woman attended last. I told the story a number of times. The prophet was prophesying, it shall be well with you. And they said, no, the Lord said it will not be well with you. The prophet said they should throw that person out. The woman said, no, relax. This is my friend. He said, the Lord said, no, that there's going to be judgment. She didn't even know what she was saying. For that, because over, she was dead. Death is not the issue. Who killed her is the issue. Her son. As I tell parents, keep evil spirits out of the house. You can't keep them out with anointing oil. You know, some people say, ah, pastor, thank you. So they've gone to look for oil. We bind you. We'll keep you out of this house. As we are dropping this oil, you are going out. As we are dropping this oil, you are going out. Nonsense. It's not going to work. Sprinkle the blood all over the compound. No. Keep yourself from iniquity. Walk in agreement. Once the presence of God is there, evil spirits will keep outside. That's what I'm talking about. Let me drop this quickly. See, I found out something about Christians. But it's a drawdown from the worldly system. We want to just use acts, single acts, to change things. But it doesn't work like that. Last time I was, that's what I was actually preaching last time. How do you create heaven? Maybe I'll get back to it. When God wants to create heaven, he creates a new man. I don't know what I get my point. Because the presence of God is what makes heaven. So when God wants to create another heaven, he makes another God. Can I borrow that expression? He takes himself, creates another person in his image. Wherever that fellow goes, heaven is created there. So the assignment we have as believers, therefore, is that constant transformation into the exact image of God. Like I said last time, when Jesus used to come in the flesh to come and see Adam, in the garden. It wasn't the common gist. There was nothing much to gist about. I mean, APC was not running for election that time. Labour Party was not doing anything. And PDP was not quarreling between Wiki and Atiku and um, uh, what's the name of their chairman? Are you? They were not quarreling. There was nothing that Jesus said, hey, Wiki, did you hear what I said? No. <laughs> what was he doing? Whatever they were talking about, I don't know. But one thing I know, the talk had one aim, to infuse his spirit into Adam. And when he was going to come back again, because he did that two times. First time he did it, the first man was earthy, Adam. Then when he came back, the second man, the spirit man, he came. When he rose from the dead, first thing he did was to come to those same disciples that he had prepared. <sighs> he breathed upon them like he breathed into Adam at the beginning. This time when I said the same thing, receive the spirit. That is... That's how the new creation began. God began to create again. So the assignment we have, first time Adam was supposed to settle down, interact with God until he's developed fully into the image of God. The fact that God said, let us make man in our image, don't think that image was made that day. The body he gave him was the image of the Jesus that will come. But the inner man was going to be made by a process. That process 
was what Jesus was walking on. He sits with Adam in the cool of the evening. And they interact. We say it's like a joke. After a long time, they say husband and wife will start looking alike. That's because they live together. If one lives in Nigeria and that lives in America, they don't look alike. <laughs> the truth, eh? Science will find out. Epigenetic modifications begin to happen because of your environment. This will be modified. You interact with somebody long enough, you will, you will look like the person. You will. I had one story. This is a funny illustration. There was one man I heard of. It really happened. Somebody told me the person studied science a lot. He said this man had, I think, four, the three children, boys. Okay? But let's make a long story short. One day they found out that he was not the father of any one of them. I don't know what the wife was doing. I don't know what happened in the family. But they found out he was not the father of any one of the children. But that's not the issue. The issue that each one of them was a carbon copy of the man. When you look at them, look at him, you can't tell them different. But he wasn't the father of any one of the children. Huh. If you know the way spiritual things work. Having, well, they, I can imagine that they beheld his face from the beginning. They keep beholding his face. They are being transformed into the image of the person they are beholding all the time. It's a spiritual thing. That's why, no, people have come to me, ask a lot of questions about genetics and all of that. In fact, the day one of our sisters asked me, she's a doctor too. When you finish, I, I, the counsel I gave, because you have to counsel some people. I said, read the Bible. God doesn't care about genes. Your father is who raised you. Who donated one little sperm? The, who raised you? You know, in Islam, it's very funny. Islam. The father of a child is who was the child born in his house. You can't use genes to harass people in Islam. They are law. By, I'm telling you. Or even Nigerian law. That's it. So they don't want to harass us with genetics. God's <laughs> get away with the genetics. <laughs> so, for Adam to be like God, the image of God, God had to sit in front of Adam every day. Adam had to be looking at him, talking to him. He had to be drinking of that spirit. When Satan looked and said, eh, and drive me from this earth? And drive me from this earth? No, it won't happen. Now go meet the woman. <laughs> Madam, good evening. <laughs> Has God really said? And of course, you know the story. Once they disobeyed, they were now cast away from the presence of God. And Satan said, that was close. We just bought some more time. Boys, let's get to work. And they went to Cain. That guy is a stupid boy. So they've been trying to take your place from the beginning. What do I do? Kill him. Cain said, what did you say? What does it mean to kill somebody? Cain didn't kill Abel. He only hated Abel. And they, because he didn't know what he meant to kill. A human being. But he hated Abel. And the demon said, no problem. We'll do the rest. <laughs> so they possessed him and they clobbered Abel to death. That's why Jesus warned us against hatred. When you hate people, you won't know when you will kill them. Ah, that's, what the, that's what the devil is doing. Scatter the whole place so that we can have fun. Scatter, you know I told you last time, if your house is scattered, your life is scattered, demons will like you. I'm telling you, they like you. 
Come out in the morning, you are looking like, oh, you know, you can't even wash your face. Jesus said, anoint your face, even if you are fasting. Come on, look nice. In our church, we don't use makeup. That if Miss God did not make you up. Forget that nonsense. Sisters, take small lip gloss. Put it on your lips. Draw your eye well. I'm telling you the truth. It's not Jezebel. <laughs> Come out, look nice. Let's see the glory of God on you. The God of glory. Say, make the, Aaron, the garment of Aaron for beauty and for glory. But there's no igneous rock. When God was using gemstones, There was in your rock now. <laughs> God collected gemstones. He said, these are things of the world. Bread is of the world. <laughs> Meat is of the world. Please, nothing wrong for you to put gemstones on your body if you can afford it. You drive demons a bit far back. When they see order and beauty in your life, you'll be looking like you're demon-possessed. You know, anytime demons see demons, they bring in more demons. The Lord is good. What am I trying to say? Listen, what's Satan's agenda? He has to scatter our lives so that he can survive. And what, what is our own agenda? We say to him, you will not succeed here. You will not succeed here. You will, that, that's what we say to him, you won't succeed here. We will resist him every time. He doesn't give up. That guy is tenacious. He doesn't give up. You tempt Jesus today, you tempt him again. Many of us think that once I just resist my third temptation, I'm good. No. He departed from him for a season. For a while. There comes again. Pride. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. The pride of life. That's all he has. He keeps on tempting. You know why? It's for the preservation of his own prerogative. He's trying to preserve himself. But God doesn't want anything for himself. He's trying to help you. He's trying to help me. He wants us to become like him. It's a process. It's a process. What he aimed for Adam was that Adam will sit in front of Jesus enough until he soaks in that glory. So much he's transformed into the exact image. And Satan said, I won't let it happen. Until today, we have to resist that Satan to say, it will happen in my life. You have to resist him. And say what? Say it again. Say, I will be transformed into the exact image of God. And everywhere around me will be heaven. Give the Lord thanks this morning. Say, Lord, I thank you.